1: on this monday morning the 14th morning of the first month of the year of our lord 2019 appreciate you being with us we are guest free this morning on the authority so you have plenty of time to talk and to be heard and i always enjoy those conversations so uh great time to dial right now at the top of the hour get in line early you won't have a long wait 216-901 0-945, or triple eight two eight one eleven ten. Either one of those uh, numbers will get you to the program. You can also join me on social media. Follow me there on Twitter at Radio Done Right. Radio Done Right. All one word, no spaces, no underscore. Yes, it is a double entendre, and yes, it is intentional. And you can also join me on Facebook at the same place, Radio Done Right. You can also search Fran, Frantz Radio, and that will get you here as well. Talking about, of course, government shutdown. The uh, 21st day, I believe, so we'll call this the end of the third week or the beginning of the fourth week of this government shutdown over something that every Republican and every Democrat in the federal government, in Congress, including then going to the executive branch with the President of the United States, they all have taken oaths to secure, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and the people of the United States. It's their oath, and it is not being done because the Democrats refuse to secure the border.
2: As Congress returns to work, thousands of federal workers are still furloughed as Democrats continue to reject calls for a border wall. Senate Minority Whip Dick Durbin tells ABC's this week, Republicans need to figure this out.
1: It's time for those centrists to speak up in their own Republican Senate caucus and to tell Mitch McConnell the party's over. We want this to end. There's no excuse for the shutdown.
3: Republican Senator
2: Lindsey Graham has a proposal, reopen the government for three weeks. Then, if an agreement is not reached, the president should declare a national emergency.
1: Right. That's a that you know. I'm okay with the last part about the national emergency. If the Democrats aren't going to, going to negotiate, but I don't want to give in to them or give them any hint that we are giving in to them right now. And sadly, that is what I kind of take away from Lindsey Graham. Where, like I said, for whom I have a great deal of fondness for his stalwart support of the President of the United States, his staunch support of, uh, of Brett Kavanaugh, of the building of the border wall, and more. But I feel like by suggesting that we go ahead and open the government up for three weeks and give the, the uh, Democrats three weeks to negotiate with us, um, that's a sign of weakness. That is a blink. And in a staring contest like this one, you do not want to give an indication that you are going to cave in. You do not want to blink. Before he pulls the plug on the legislative option and I think we're almost there,
2: I would urge him to open up the government for a short period of time, like three weeks, before he pulls the plug, see if we can get a deal. If we can't, at the end of three weeks, all bets are off. See if he can do it by himself through the emergency powers.
1: That's my recommendation. I think three weeks, it would be three weeks of wasted time. The Democrats would declare victory, saying, we got the government back open for you by staring down the president and his immoral wall, then they would not fund the wall in three weeks, and then we have the court fight that we could have if he just declares emergency right now. The Democrats have made it clear they were not willing to negotiate, not for a nickel. Not for a nickel. We played that clip before uh, from uh, from uh, CNN in which, um, I'm trying to remember which uh, senator it was. Oh, Senator Chris Coons. Senator Chris Coons talking about... Um, uh, no, it wasn't CNN. This was Fox News Sunday. Apologies. I got two different uh, interviews here that I w- kind of wanted to play for you. One was Chris Coons with uh, Chris Wallace on Fox. The other one was um, Democratic Congresswoman Katie Gray uh, on CNN with different thoughts on this. But Senator Chris Coons said, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi isn't going to give a dollar for the wall. Alright, maybe a dollar. Literally a dollar. As in four quarters, ten dimes, twenty nickels, a hundred pennies. That's it. That's, that's what she has said. Which is her way of saying, screw you, no wall. Ever. Any kind of barrier. Her immorality play, by the by, is just some, simply that. It's theater. It's kabuki theater. Because if she truly believed that walls were immoral. Remember what, uh, Jim Acosta did on Friday? We were all laughing and mocking him for. Standing next to, uh, uh, a border wall outside of, uh, McAllen, Texas. and telling everybody, the president said there's an emergency down here. I don't see any emergency. There's no migrants rushing over the border here. That's because he's standing next to a border wall. That border wall should be torn down if Nancy Pelosi wants to be consistent in her argument, yes. That border wall, fence, barrier, construction, whatever you want to call it, is just as immoral as anything new that would be built. How come she's not calling for the destruction of all existing border walls? Because of their immorality. And we know the answer to that because she cannot sell that, because it is absolutely not true. It is not about morality, and it's not about national security for her. It's about politics, first, second, last, and always. Now, having said that, I want to share two ideas with you, two competing ideas, but but I think very interesting ideas. It's outside-the-box thinking. The first comes from Senator Ted Cruz. Senator Cruz introduced last year when we finally captured the notorious mass-murdering, drug-dealing, cartel-running El Chapo. He introduced this last year, but it was kind of laughed at. It was kind of like, that's yeah, it's a cute one, Ted, but uh, let's get serious now. Well, here we are in the middle of a government shutdown, watching the people, uh, 800,000 American workers, not get paid for their work, not being able to meet their, their needs at the moment, even though they'll get it back later. And it's no longer a joke. We have to start looking seriously for ideas, for options on how to, um, uh, on how to pay for our border wall and get the people back to work and get our border secured. Well, Ted Cruz is back with a great idea. And that is the El Chapo Act. He introduced it. Last year, he has reintroduced reintrodu- it to the Congress this month, and I think it's time that we start to take this seriously. Ted Cruz sat down at his desk in his congressional office, in his Senate, Senate office, rather, and explained exactly how uh, he can make El Chapo pay for the wall. And if people don't realize how much money he has, you really need to pay attention because uh, that money that is that is that is being confiscated or can be confiscated is extraordinary, and it could absolutely do what we want it to do, and that is to build this border wall. So here's Ted Cruz with the detailed explanation of the El Chapo Act.
2: It does is real simple. It takes the money, the billions that El Chapo made, crossing the border illegally, and it takes that $14 billion and it uses it to pay for the wall.
1: So this is Ted Cruz now explaining in depth what the El Chapo Act is. That was just a little introduction. It's a video released by Let's his talk office. talk about border security.
2: We all know we have a 2,000 mile border with Mexico, our southern border. My home state of Texas has 1,200 of those miles. We right now have an incredible flow of human traffickers, narcotics traffickers coming across the border and it endangers our national security it endangers people's lives now how do you stop it well the most natural thing to do is we need to build a wall we need a barrier that stops the traffickers in their path now as you know democrats are so opposed to a wall that they've been willing to shut the government down and and their complaint is they say we don't have the money to spend on a wall Now, set aside for a second, this is the first time in history, think of every spending program that's ever been, it's the first time in history Democrats have ever said we didn't have the money to spend something. Set that aside. They say in particular, we don't have the money to build a wall. Well, I thought about that and tried to say, all right, is there a solution? Is there a way to do it? And you know what? There is a way to build the wall without one penny of taxpayer dollars. And it's legislation I've introduced. It's calling the ensuring lawful collection of hidden assets to protect order act. Now, some of you, some of the more insightful and observant ones, may notice that those those particular words are an acronym for the El Chapo Act. Now, what does the El Chapo Act do? Well, it says that we should take all of the money criminally forfeited from El Chapo and from other drug dealers and use it to pay for the wall. Now, where did this idea come from? Well, it came from actually press reports some time ago that said the total value of El Chapo's global criminal net worth was $14 billion. That's a whole lot of money. At the same time, I saw articles that said the cost to build a wall along the entire border was between 14 and 20 billion dollars. Now there's a natural and elegant symmetry there. What the El Chapo Act does is real simple it takes the money, the billions that El Chapo made crossing the border illegally, and it takes that 14 billion and it uses it to pay for the wall. And the end result is we have the wall and we have an essential element to secure the border and critically not one penny comes from the US taxpayers we ought to take this up, this is common sense legislation, but I'm going to make a prediction right now the Democrats aren't even willing to spend El Chapo's money to build the wall because politically they don't want to secure the border that's not reasonable that's not listening to the American people And it's not what we need to do. But this is an easy solution to solve the problem.
1: That is uh, Senator Ted Cruz literally sitting at his desk in the Senate, in his Senate office. And if you were wondering about the strange sound effects there, he was going all Dennis Prager on this video, which was just all kind (laughs) of cool. Dennis Prager, if you don't watch. um, uh, the Prager University videos on YouTube or social media, wherever you can, you don't know what you're missing out on. It's great animation, uh, with great narration and usually in about a four or five minute window of, of various issues that affect this country. And it's just brilliant. Uh, that's what Ted Cruz did here. I don't know who did his animation for him, but it was terrific. He was building the walls on his desk with, you know, animation. It was really cool. But I love the idea. The idea is, as he pointed out, let's take the, 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 um, uh, the funds that are seized from drug dealers like El Chapo and repurpose them all to make sure nobody else can run those drugs into the United States like El Chapo by putting the barrier up along with the other uh, the other uh, portions of the uh, Border Security Act that has been put to Tracy Lawrence for the U.S. Air Force.
4: We all have tough choices we have to make. Life just works that way. I remember when I was getting ready to move to Nashville to pursue my dream. I packed my 10-year-old Toyota Corolla with 250,000 miles on it and hit the road. It was a tough choice, but the right one for me. If I decided to take what seemed like an easier road, I never would have achieved my dream. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force.
1: by right, 1026, now the Bob France Authority continues on AM 1420, The Answer. we got Ted Cruz's idea there. I'm going to share the second idea on how to secure our border, this time without a wall. What? Yeah, without a wall. After the news. We'll talk about that after the news. It's former Congressman Ron Paul who's got an idea that takes uh, and kind of combines some existing ideas to really, really cut down illegal, on illegal immigration, but without the use of a border wall. We'll see what you think about that. For now, we'll go to the phones. This is going to be uh, Ed in Northridgeville first. Ed, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, good morning. I, a quick or a, a idea here. With an executive order, uh, if, if Trump uh, puts it out there, a national emergency to build a wall, Mm-hmm. Could he include, uh, as part of that order, something to reopen the government and get the, the payments going out there uh, as a combined order and let the Democrats try to stop that one?
1: I'm not quite sure I follow what you're saying. Uh, can you repeat that, Ed? Tell me what, what it is you want, want the executive order to say.
4: Well, his executive order he's talked about is to is to build the wall.
1: To build the wall, right, to, to basically repurpose some funding for that is for the military and declare this right. to be national security, maybe use the Army right. Corps of Engineers to design and build, and so on and so forth. So that's exactly. kind of what he said he would do with an executive order by way of de- declaration of emergency. And your add-on to that is what?
4: Add-on would be to reopen the government and get people paid again. Uh as being a national emergency all these people are uh, basically out of work and trying to make payments and stuff so,
1: so in other words don't just declare the border situation the emergency declare the partial shutdown to also be an emergency
4: exactly
1: okay um yeah uh, I, I think one would probably take care of the other uh, ed if um you know the, the real problem here wouldn't be getting the democrats to go along with and pass spending bills that he could then sign thus reopening the government the big deal would be to get the democrats to give up court challenges to the actual declaration of the emergency and thus the need for the border wall um that's going to be their biggest thing. They're going to immediately find themselves a judge in a liberal district, uh, probably the Ninth Circle of Hell, otherwise known as the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, they'll probably go to there to to San Francisco or to Hawaii or someplace like that and get a judge to say, "Nope, no, you can't do that until we uh, decide whether or not, or it is proven that there is a national emergency and they need to build this." So, and it would take a long time to go through the courts and to go through the Supreme Court and so on. And obviously, we can't let the government be shut down for that long. For that period of time, so it's really going to be still more about the Democrats, whether we declare the emergency, uh, being the border security aspect of it or the shutdown itself. I uh, I, I just think the Democrats not challenging it in, in court would be the only way that it would would get anything done, and I think we all know that that's not going to happen the Democrats are going to challenge it in court. Uh, Jack and Medina is going to be up first after the break. I'm going to tell to ask you to hold on there, Jack, and anybody behind him, you're coming to. We're coming right back. I'm going to tell you about Ron Paul and his idea uh, as we continue the discussion of the government shutdown and the funding of border security on AM 1420, The Answers.
0: Progressive Democrats, please be the Bob France Authority on AM
1: 1420. The Answer. And it dies a very slow, painful death on this program. That I can assure you. Speaking of political correctness, since we just had that rejoiner there, thank you, Samuel. Did you hear this latest one briefly before I go back to the phones that I promised I would? The, the, these, these things just... Ah... <sighs> It spirals out of control so quickly. When you, when you stop calling illegal aliens illegal aliens and you soften it to illegal immigrants, and then you stop calling them illegal immigrants and you soften it to undocumented immigrants, and then you realize that immigrants is still negative, and so you, you soften it to undocumented workers, and then you don't want people to realize that they're taking jobs, so you take away workers and you soften it to undocumented persons. It started at illegal aliens and got all the way down in PC America to undocumented persons. That's how it starts, and that's how you get news reports like this one, reporting on a home invasion and refusing to identify the home invasion as a home invasion. It's not a home invader that came into the house. It's an unwanted house visitor. You think I'm making that up? (laughs) <laughs> There's a news story or news uh, uh, station in New York City that was reporting on a home invasion. And they put it on their Twitter. And the the uh, text of their tweet over the weekend, this was from January 10th. So what is that? Going back to, what is that? Uh, it was Thursday? Thursday. The tweet said, Police say a New Jersey man fought off an unwanted house visitor by using the suspect's own gun, ultimately killing him. So a criminal broke into a guy's house, armed with Lord knows only what intention, but he invaded a guy's house with a gun, gets into a scuffle with the homeowner, Who wrestled the gun away from him and shot him with it? And the news media is reporting this as an unwanted home visitor. That's an armed robber. That's an armed robbery that was thwarted by the homeowner. And the the media wants to call him a an unwanted house visitor. When does it stop? Honestly, enough is enough. Crime is crime. Criminals are bad, and it's okay to say it. It's okay to identify criminals as being criminal, and it's okay to identify them, uh, bad people, as being bad. Honestly, I mean, they're they're making it sound like, "Why did this? Why did this homeowner guy, this this resident, who who was being invaded by an armed robber, did he really have to kill the guy? Oh, I'm sorry, who was being visited by an unwanted visitor? Did he really have to kill him?" Just because he was an unwanted visitor? Is our own robbery. But they the PC police wanna wanna minimize the criminal act that was taking place. It's just it's so far beyond my comprehension anymore, honestly. Uh ten thirty seven is the time. We'll go to Nancy in Cleveland on AM fourteen twenty the answer. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for waiting. Go Hi.
3: ahead. Well, first of all, I think it is a shame that they're using the little people as pawns. Too bad they couldn't of course, the Congress should never passed a law that their paychecks could be withheld for stuff like this.
1: They're trying. Uh, there, there's been a bill introduced by a Republican from Montana.
3: Oh, that's good. I hope it. Well, you know, <laughs> it's not going to go through. You're
1: exa- <laughs> there's no way it's going to go through. But uh, I but at least some of the, and some of them have. By the way, for uh, you know, it's it's kind of just. Uh, for for optics, probably, but some of them knowing it's not going to go through to to hold the, withhold pay for all of Congress have directed uh, the Congress uh, all congressional offices who are in charge of of salaries to not pay them during this period. So some of them are forfeiting their own pay uh, voluntarily. So it's you know they're, they're, and there's some on the right and some on the left. Some of the Republicans, some on the Democrat side who have done this. So I to to all of them I say that's the right thing to do.
3: Right. The other thing is, is that the news media is already overblowing this because they only missed one paycheck. But the underlying thing, that's the real tragedy, is, is that you know the um, financial gurus, uh, Susie Orman and Dave Ramsey, said you should have at least six months' emergency funds in case you run into a loss of a job. So that proves how many of these Americans are not financially set and have that emergency fund. You know that we all should have, in, if we lose a job or or money. Well,
1: well, you're right. I mean, I I, I I don't know what what Ramsey or the others said, but but most Americans don't have a nest egg. Most 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 families are paycheck to paycheck. They have not been able to, you know, see their wages rise to the level of in, uh, with the level of inflation in recent years. Uh, they have seen an economy just get continue to be hammered, uh, the slowest recovery from the recession we have ever seen. Talking about the eight years of Obama, so it's hard to build a nest egg. Under those circumstances, most Americans don't have it, and I don't blame the American people for that. I blame the state of the economy for that. Only now are wages rising, thanks to a lot of the deregulation and the uh, and the policies of the Trump administration. But wages are rising at a very, very healthy clip, the healthiest they've been in a decade. Uh, and then maybe people can start paying their bills and socking some away for the rainy day that might come. But but yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised at all to know that a lot of these people are living paycheck to paycheck and cannot handle this, uh, you know, handle this uh, this temporary delay
3: in their pay and it's also uh, in part of listening to the um um sales on tv and news media that say buy now pay later and and so many people are living with that condition and they're not
1: the the average i don't have the exact number nancy but yeah, but the 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 average American household. Thank you so much for the phone call. Is not only paycheck to paycheck and existing at the flat level, <clears throat> not able to save, but rather uh, they they're in debt. There is a significant amount of carryover credit debt, rolling credit debt uh, that the average American household has. I've heard we've all heard the numbers at some point or another. I don't want to try to quote them now because I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, but yeah, the average American household, it, it does roll a lot of credit debt. And you're right. It's a lot of companies trying to make sales by way of credit. Uh, and, uh, you know, a lot of credit cards who are more than willing to roll out big, uh, credit limits on credit cards for maybe marginally, um, well-off people. Uh, people with marginal salaries, I'm trying to say, uh, say, figuring, you know what, uh, let them charge. And then I'm going to roll them out there with a 24, 26% interest rate. And I'm going to, they're going to pay this back for the rest of their lives. And, and, and we, the lenders, make out. So yeah, there's a lot of less than, um, uh, what's reputable, I guess, uh, individuals and organizations who are more than willing to allow people to kind of roll in their own debt. Um, and they're not going to be ready for their any day. There's no question about it. All right, let me pivot back to <clears throat> the uh, border security. I told you I had two different plans I wanted to share with you. One was Ted Cruz's El Chapo Act, which I absolutely loved. Absolutely brilliant. And that's something I think we should be able to get behind. But, of course, Democrats will find a reason not to. The other one is from Ron Paul, former congressman from Texas. Uh, Ron Paul. was on uh, Fox with Jesse Waters over the weekend talking about the the border uh, wall conflict and the the shutdown. And he said he's not necessarily in favor of the border wall. But it's not because he thinks there's anything wrong with it or stopping illegal immigration. He just thinks there's a better way. And the better way that Ron Paul suggests is to remove incentives for people to come to this country illegally. He said, quote, you're against the wall. I'm sorry, Jesse Waters said to Ron Paul, you're against the wall and you think we should look inward to create a new reality where we're not attracting so much illegal immigration. How would that look? And Ron Paul said, well, I think it would look a lot different. We have to educate people that we're not owing everyone who comes here illegally a living, a job, a school, medical care, the whole works. He said, I would remove all of the incentives. One of the biggest incentives is the easy, easy road to citizenship. So I don't happen to believe that an illegal should get in line for citizenship. We've got to abolish that. So in other words, Ron Paul is saying first we'd have to pass a law saying anybody who comes here illegally can never get citizenship. If you just right now they can't get citizenship, but it's easy for uh a Congress, a Democrat controlled Congress, perhaps, if they get a Democrat president in and to say we're giving citizenship to illegal aliens, or we're giving them a path to said citizenship. What Ron Paul is saying, pass a law that outlaws the creation of sub, such a law. Make it, make it, you know, part of U.S. code that no one who comes here illegally can ever have U.S. citizenship. That's number one. And I like that. Removing the carrot, removing the incentive to come here and get a job, of course, is something that establishing e-verify and mandating e-verify, electronic verification of job eligibility, At every business, in every little, small, tiny hamlet in this country to the biggest cities, do not let anyone anywhere hire illegal aliens unless they can prove they are eligible to work. And that would have to be accompanied by a very strict and severe auditing system to make sure those laws are being followed. And at companies and employers that don't follow it, they pay a very, very, very heavy price, the type of which would disincentivize them from ever doing it again, and others as well. So Ron Paul was asked uh, the way the welfare state is in this country right now and that, that if that's what's primarily attracting illegal immigrants, uh, do you think that they're coming here for the cash? That's the primary reason. Ron Paul said if you're going by numbers, I would say the largest, large number would just like to get here because of work and because many come across in Texas. Uh, he's, of course, a former Texas congressman. He said that is the case. He said, but I also think there's a big incentive to co- to become an easy citizen and bring their kids along and that sort of thing. I don't think that exists in very many other countries. So, yes, that is a tremendous incentive for them to come here. Paul also mentioned, <clears throat> this is Ron Paul, not Rand Paul, if you just tune in. Ron Paul also mentioned that the Democratic Party, relying on illegal citizens to eventually become voters, has to be addressed as well. Although it may, they may not be able to vote now, they're counted in the census And the number of representatives the state is given based on that census, obviously states like California with a high illegal immigration rate have higher representation in Congress because those illegal aliens are counted. He said, uh, or rather, um, uh, Ron Paul said there is no exact middle ground on automatic citizenship or easy citizenship. He said it should be passed that there can be no citizenship and the people um, who come to this country should be prosecuted for illegally coming here. So he's essentially saying just make sure that they know when they come here, there is no safe haven, there is no uh benefit, you will not receive free health care, you will not receive free education, you will not receive free housing, you will not re- receive anything. If you come here, you're going to be ostracized from society, you're not going to be able to do anything, so you might as well go back. That's Ron Paul's standpoint on this. He uh does uh, also point out that uh, people come to America because they're looking for a better life, and a part of having a better life means having a good-paying, steady job and young children being educated, getting medical care when they need it. Uh, here's the thing, though. America does not owe anyone who comes to this country a handout. We're the land of opportunities, not the land of handouts. People, part of coming to America is forging your own path, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, working hard for what you have, and doing so legally. But he said if we do it that way, we would make there would be no need for a border wall. This is where, of course, I have to part with Ron Paul, because while he is right on everything that he said so far, mandating E-Verify so nobody can come here illegally and get a job, making it known to people around the world there should be a massive information campaign flooding the media markets in Central American countries, in Mexico, in Latin American countries, in Middle Eastern countries, held all over Europe as well, saying the U.S. is no longer open for business in the illegal immigration business. When you come here, if you're hungry, you're going to have to find your own food because we're not going to give you EBT cards. When you come here, if you get sick, you're going to have to take care of your own needs because we're not giving you free medical care. When you come here illegally... If you uh, don't have a place to live, you're going to have to find your own tent because we're not giving you subsidized housing. We are no longer going to make it easy for illegal immigrants to come here and survive and thrive. We are going to mandate that you have work, verif- uh, um, uh, a work uh, uh, permit, that you came here legally, which would be verifying your, your eligibility through, uh, through um, uh, E-Verify. And we are going to make sure that you understand that you never, ever will be allowed to come a, become a citizen here. If you ever have a dream of coming and living permanently in the United States as a citizen, do not come here illegally because your name will automatically be stricken from potential citizenship uh, in the future. Only legal immigrants who come to this country who then apply to become citizens and take citizenship tests and so on and so forth can do that. But illegals will be forever shut out. He's right about all those things. But he's wrong about what he's wrong about is what he's not considering. The vast majority of people who come across that border may be looking for those things he just described, free services and uh, uh, and uh, jobs and, a, and an opportunity to, to make more money for their families and so on and so forth. But there is a significant number of them who aren't coming here for jobs. They're coming here to deal drugs. They're coming here with fentanyl. They're coming here with cocaine. They're coming here with marijuana. They're coming here and they are sending their mules across the border and they're killing american citizens with them that's the problem while ron paul has the right idea on how to stop the the workers who want to come here and just take advantage of our system or the non-workers who want to come here and loaf and live off of the free american dole if you will While he's right about all of that, I liked his approach there. The wall being absent will still allow the drug runners, the human traffickers, the murderers, the rapists, and others to come across for all of those nefarious purposes. Drug runners, human traffickers who get paid for the commission of crimes don't need our welfare. They don't need our e verified work permits. They don't need... Uh, our subsidized housing, they're coming here to make money by way of their own criminal activity. And that is why the wall is an absolute must. So that's, you know, Ron Paul is, is it's kind of, it's why I never supported Ron Paul for president. It's why I didn't support his son for president, because he's of the same mindset, Rand Paul. Got a lot of great ideas, but then they say, or stand for things that just simply are completely out of bounds. Isolationism when it comes to foreign policy, not having troops anywhere around the world, suggesting we don't need to be there, and so on and so forth. Now, in this case, we don't need a border wall. All we'll have to do is disincentivize coming to the country. Well, if the people who are going to come to the country were just going to take advantage of the American enterprise and the American capitalist society uh, without being documented, you're right, you might stop some of that. But you're not going to stop those who don't need the American capitalist economy from a legal perspective. They only need buyers. Buyers for the humans they're selling, in the sex slave trafficking business, buying uh, buyers of the drugs, and so on and so forth. Those people need to be stopped by border security, border fencing, border walls, border barriers. Call them whatever you want, but that's why this is so doggone important. And for the left, by the way, to sit here and say, well, there are a lot of ways to secure the border that, won't, that where we don't need this immoral, ugly, giant border wall. No, there really aren't. Some of those other ways they have floated are similar to what Ron Paul has said, but none of them will stop uh, the types of uh, crimes and the type of, type of illicit substances that are going to be coming in without that physical structure. All right, let me get a quick time out of here. Our final traffic of the morning. We'll come back, get a couple of phone calls before the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. And this station. final segment of the VOP France Authority on this Monday morning. I really appreciate you being here. Stay here when we're done, because then you're going to have Mike Gallagher coming your way, followed by Dennis Prager, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, Jay Sekulow, Larry Elder, all day, all night, right here on AM 1420, The Answer. It's uh, KJ in Cleveland. First-time caller, KJ. Thanks for joining us on the program. How are you? Oh,
2: I'm doing good. Good. Uh, I just have one question with uh, Ron Paul. Okay. I don't know if it was mentioned, but the biggest incentive for sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, unless they get rid of those, we're not going to have, you know, any uh, deterrent.
1: Well, I think that's a very, very big part of it. 100 percent right. And when um, you know, when Ron Paul does say, you know, talk about telling them no welfare, no, uh, no housing, no this, no that, and the other, the other would be no sanctuary, uh, because in fact, I th- he didn't use the word sanctuary. But in the report that I was reading of his comments on Fox News with with uh, Jesse Waters, he essentially said, "When we find you, we will deport you immediately. In other words, there will be no place for you to hide and no sanctuary that you can you, you can take uh, in order to avoid that. So, it, it's kind of pie in the sky." It sounds like to me, uh, because, you know, it's going to be very difficult to get all of these cities that are providing sanctuary to go along with this. And unless the federal government is going to get into a court fight with every city that, uh, that, that uh, houses, you know, uh, in a sanctuary manner, these illegal aliens, um, it's, it's just going to be very hard to enforce. That's
2: right. That's one of the biggest problems. California and New York is getting just as bad.
1: Yeah, well, California is a sanctuary state, as state. declared by former Governor Brown. Right. They can go anywhere they want there. And uh, law, law enforcement in the state, whether it be state highway patrol, whether it be uh, sheriff's departments in the counties or the police departments in the cities, they're not allowed right. to cooperate with federal law enforcement like ICE uh, when they apprehend illegal aliens committing crimes. So, And that's in the yeah. whole state, for crying out loud.
2: That's <laughs> right it's it, it's It's
1: a travesty really. It really is K- and that's and that's why KJ and you're, you're so I'm glad you called because that's a, and that's a great point you make. Thanks for calling. make sure you call back again uh, sometime. But that's what makes the border wall so much more necessary than anybody you know on the left wants to wants to acknowledge because once they get here, there are far too many places for them to hide from federal law enforcement authorities. And it's called these sanctuary cities and states. They're far, we make it far too easy for illegal aliens to stay. And that's why we have to make sure that their path here is obstructed by something. And it's obstructed, of course, by the, you know, the, the border barriers. Why do people who put up six or eight foot privacy fences around their backyards do so? What's, what's the reason for that? It's because they don't want people walking into their property uninvited. And a big barrier. Now, can somebody get over a, a privacy fence if they want to? Yeah. Could somebody break down one of them if they really wanted to? Yeah. I suppose. But it's going to be harder to get into that person's property than it's going to be if you just have a wide open you know, uh, property with no barriers whatsoever. Barriers are there for a reason. Somebody put it on... Um, Facebook or somewhere in a a video, those big ugly triangular types of of you know concrete uh, barriers around the White House. You know what I'm talking about? They're like they're like you know the the parking you know what what would larger versions of you know the parking stop uh, concrete blocks that in, in any parking lot those big triangular ones. They surround the White House. Why? They surround the White House because they are barriers to stop a car or truck from trying to drive and plow through into that protected area. And what is behind those big concrete triangular barriers I'm talking about? Then you see a piked um, wrought iron fence with pikes at the top so that nobody can easily climb over that fence because it's got spikes on the top of it. Now, is it impenetrable? No. But are those barriers there to stop people from having easier access to the White House grounds? Yes. Everybody knows that barriers are a huge, huge part of, of, of any protected area. It is simply a matter of the Democrats not wanting to acknowledge it for political reasons. Sorry about the uh, extended mantra there, but, or, or uh, uh, monologue there, but I had to get all of that up. Mike Gallagher is coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow on AM 1420. The answer. Bye bye.
0: Enjoy the silence.